One, two, three. Hallelujah. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. And let's look at your name and say, get your Bible out. Amen. You're going to need it today. Amen. As always. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us to be here. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Church said amen. amen. Praise God. Amen. All right. We already got our Bibles out, so we're ready to go. Um, it's uh, a beautiful day in the Lord, and as always, you know, we just keep learning, keep growing. You know, if you make a commitment and say, I'm going to just keep learning. You know, um, I'm, I've been saved for a long time, but how many know that really doesn't matter? What, what matters is what, you've, what you're doing. You know, it's, it's not what you've done in the past, because there's many people that have had a, uh, a powerful experience with God in the past. But that powerful experience with God in the past is not going to be enough to carry you on. You need to be committed to growing daily. Amen. And so I'm showing up. I'm showing up at church like, man, like I just got saved. Oh, y'all. He said, Pastor, you doing that and you're the pastor? Yeah. I'm showing up like I'm I'm just barely got saved, man, because I always want to stay as a babe. I don't ever want to be uh, one that has matured and learned all this stuff. You know, that's where you get yourself in trouble because you start thinking you can do something and you and you start resting on what you have control of. But if you stay as a babe, you stay fresh. You say, man, Lord, if, if you don't do it, I'm not going to be able to make it. Well, how about every day you're, you live like that? Then every day you're going to see God show up and do something wonderful. And so I'm going to preach this message uh, this morning entitled Speak Miraculous Things. Speak Miraculous Things. And and this is, man, you know, Pastor D was, you know, got into my notes through the Holy Ghost. But but see, you guys, it's always confirmation. You're always going to be prepared here. That's just, it's all the Holy Spirit. So, um, speak miraculous things. So go to Second Corinthians four thirteen. We'll start out there. Second Corinthians four thirteen. So it says, "We having the same spirit of faith." Look at your name. Say the same spirit. Same. Now we hear people talk about man kindred spirit, or you meet people and you feel like man, I just click with them, and it seems like I I can connect and relate. Well, this is even greater. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. I believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. And so there's a a powerful connection between what we believe and what we say. And so the scripture is saying we having the same spirit of faith. The word spirit indicates internal. Amen. And so when I when I want you to understand like a spirit of faith, uh, you guys know that, you know, we are triune beings as well. We, you know that we have a body. We live in a physical body here on planet Earth. But we also have a soul, right, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. But we also have a spirit, which is the heart, the real us. And so when a person gets saved, that spirit is what's connected to God. Amen. As Romans says that the Holy Ghost will bear witness with our spirit and reminding us that we are the sons of God, meaning that we belong to God. But the soul, which is your mind, will, and your emotions, sometimes that could be all over the place. See, get some honest amens right there. Your soul, now your spirit, see, just because you might think something crazy, that don't mean you're not saved. That just means the enemy's trying to attack your mind. And, and he's trying to come against you and trying to get you to doubt some things. But when we start looking at in this scripture, he says, we having the same spirit. So you can look at that as your heart, as the core. So at the core, we have in the same spirit. That word spirit, once again, it, it indicates internal. It's talking about core belief. Look at your name and say core belief. core belief. 
Okay, so core belief is beyond your mind. Core belief is really at the center of you as a person. And so people have belief systems. Amen. You know, we go on outreach and stuff, and sometimes you meet people that have a different belief system. Amen. Well, you'd be surprised as to how many different belief systems there are in the church. So that, wait, what do you mean, Pastor? You're talking about a, a Baptist church? I'm just talking about a Christian church, period. There's so many different belief systems, and you got so many different denominations and all these type of things. And so people are supposed to be under the same thing, but there are so many different directions that people are going. And so what the Bible is teaching us is we have in the same spirit of faith and it's going to be at our core. We have that same core belief. So if it's not a core belief, if you know, your core belief is, is really going to dictate what you do, where you go. And so people have belief systems that govern their lives. You know what governs your life for real? It's your belief system. See, I can get up here and preach to you and I can tell you guys all this stuff. I can read this Bible out to you and I can say, you don't, you better not do this. You better not do that. You know, you should do this because if you don't, da, da. but if your belief system is not in agreement, then you will listen and not apply. Oh, God. I often, sometimes, I pre praying. I said, Lord, now hold on. Now, I've been, you know what I've been teaching. You know I've been teaching this, and I've been teaching that. And so I should begin, there should be some better results. But then God will let me know. Just because you teach it don't mean they receive it. Just because you tell it don't mean that they do it. Well, why would a person that says they believe in this book have somebody teach them what this book says and then them not do it. It's because of their core belief. It's the belief system that's driving them. You know, there's people right now, they just really don't believe that certain things are going to cause them to land in hell. It's not in agreement with their belief system. You know how many people we're going to deal with it today, but... There's so many people that do not believe that death and life are in the power of the tongue. They don't believe that. They don't believe that they can be judged by what they speak. They don't believe it. It's not a, I'm not talking about the outside world. I'm talking about the Christian church. Amen. And so it's these belief systems that we must pay attention to. Now, what you believe and what you speak are closely connected. Amen? What you believe and what you speak are closely connected. If you want to know what a person believes, listen to their unplanned speech. Now, I'm, I'm helping you. I'm helping you. If you want to know what a person believes, listen to their unplanned speech. Don't listen to what they say on, at church on Sunday. That's planned out. That's prescripted. You already know robotically. You know what to say. How you doing? Blessed and highly favored. I'm just believing that I just. You know how to act up in here. That's all planned. But if you want to know what a person really believes, you have to be able to listen to their unplanned speech. And so when that unplanned, see that unplanned speech comes out when something happens to you unexpectedly. And so it's a reaction. It's a, it's almost like a knee jerk. It's so quick. It's like something happens. You know, there are people that they can say they're full of faith, but if something happens on the road where it gets a little dicey, they're pan- Ah! I thought you were kept by God. And you firmly believe that. See, people, that's how people slip out. See, slip out. Like you slipped out a cuss word. Oh, my bad. You slipped it out. Oh, man. Well, this is not about condemnation. 
This is about core belief. And it's about you identifying and being made aware of what's inside of you. Because there are so many people that want to believe God for miraculous things. They want to believe, but we got to deal with the core belief. And so you want to know what someone's core belief is? Listen to what comes out. Listen to their unplanned speech. See, I'm not always around everyone all the time. So some of you, there are people that know you better than I do. Some of you right now, you say, Pastor, I could tell you. Uh, <laughs> Pastor, I could let you know about their core belief. I'm just saying. Huh? Well, but we all not be different. We all not be different at church and then different at home. I mean, if it's in you, it's, it's in you. And then if it's not in you, it's not in you. And so that means if the devil tries to squeeze you with something and something comes upon you, what comes out of you? Huh? See, Jesus made it clear as he's teaching them. Everybody's so caught up on all this unclean stuff. Oh, these don't you're not supposed to eat this or, you know, he was they were trying to get on the disciples. Well, they didn't wash their hands right. And then and then he made it clear. It's not what goes in that defiles the man. It's what comes out that defiles the man. Amen. And so if I'm starting to understand this, I say, wait a minute. Unplanned speech, see, planned speech comes from the mind. And it can be manipulated and controlled. Amen. Like some of you, you have a job. You know, you have rules at your job. So guess what? You don't go off fussing and cussing and going off at the job because you might get fired. And so you can tell yourself, we're not doing that here. Not today. But then at home. Uh, some of y'all are like, Pastor, don't be looking at our ring cameras that we got at home. <laughs> don't let that ring tell on you. Because even though you put up the ring, you're going to forget you got it. Because unplanned speech is going to come out. Amen? And so, if I'm looking at this, Unplanned speech. So, see, the, once again, the planned speech comes from the mind and can be manipulated or, and controlled. But unplanned speech comes from the heart. Oh, y'all. Unplanned speech comes from the heart and is a, an identifier of core belief. So, unplanned speech comes from the heart and it's an identifier of core belief. And so what comes out? Oh, my bad. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, well. You said it. Now, what I want you guys to understand, uh, I think Brother Dan brought it up, but I've been teaching you all for, for years that the first words carry all the power. Second words are cleanup words. First words come from your heart. Second words come from your mind. So first word says, bam. And just... Whew. But you know what? Those first words are traveling fast. I mean, because they're creative. First words are prophetic. They have a prophetic anointing because when God said, let there be light, he, he never thought about, oh, never mind. So the way speaking came about, people, we were never, ever created to speak what we did not mean. Amen. So that's why. In the early times, we would have never said, uh, I'm dying to go or my back is killing me or telling somebody to have good success. Oh, go break a leg. Because we would not really want them to break a leg. So we would have never said anything we didn't want. Now, you can't change the way God created man. The blueprint is done. But what has happened is the enemy has gotten in there and he's manipulated through the soul. And so now that gets people to act in a way that's different than what they were created to do. 
And so as a result of that, you can't get the benefits. Come on. How I many know oh, the kingdom has a structure? It's a system that works. You can't change the way the kingdom works. Just because you don't want to tithe, you think you're going to change the whole kingdom on money? You think uh, because you talk however you want to talk, you think you're going to change the repercussions that come? It's kingdom. It's preset. Now, we get to benefit from it. Christians, let me help you understand this. The kingdom was functioning and flowing before Jesus even came to the earth. So before there was Christianity, there was already a kingdom of God that was already flowing, that was already fine tuned. So when Jesus came, he did not change the kingdom. What he came to do is give us access. Come on, somebody to the kingdom, because before Jesus, that sin would not have given you any chance to step into God's kingdom. But because of Jesus, we have access. So the kingdom doesn't change. We just have access to step into it. So guess what? We step into it and we get the benefit from the way it functions. Amen. But there's so many people, they have changed the whole concepts and, oh, we don't have to do this. And, oh, well, that was Old Testament, New Testament. How many know the kingdom is above Old and New Testament? The kingdom of God is the order, the rule and reign of God. And God, who is king of all, is the one who dictates what's what. We don't. Amen. And so now if I understand this, I'm like, okay, so this is set up the way God created me. Listen, he created me. In his image, he never said things he didn't mean. And so my original design doesn't allow me to say things I don't mean either. But the problem is sometimes you say things that you mean, but you realize they're wrong. And so you apologize. See, sometimes you say things that you really meant it, but it's wrong. And, you know, you shouldn't have said it. And so now you repent for And so what do you do? I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. But that's not where you should stop. What you should really do is say, Lord. Why did that come out of me? Hmm? See, I believed and therefore I have spoken. So your speech has everything to do with your belief. Now, we try to correct ourselves that I'm going to do better and I'm not going to say this and I'm not. But you've got to get yourself into that position where you're honest enough with God. And you say, "Okay, I did hear myself say that. Now, I think it's right. The right thing to do is apologize to people you may have offended and stuff like that. That's okay. You should correct your wrong. But don't stop there. Go a little further. And ask God to help you as to why that's even coming out. Because unplanned speech comes from the heart. And so the heart is an identifier of core belief. Amen. And so go to Proverbs 4.23, King James. So it says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. Out of it are the issues of life, meaning all the issues of life are going to flow right there from the heart. And then now we want to look at this Proverbs four. We'll go 23 through 27 in the message translation. And I'm going to just give you some greater understanding here. Now we want to get to the point where we can speak miraculous things, but I'm, I'm, I'm leading you to a point where this is not just something that you turn on because of of what I've preached. This becomes a way of life for you, a new norm for you. Okay, so he says here, keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Come on, you have so many fickle, non-committal people in this world, not just Christians, 
but people, period. Just, you know, saying stuff that they have no intention of following through on. Well, what this word is saying, don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter. And that's what this world. See, you guys got to be very careful with a lot of stuff you entertain because it's a lot of this. They're trying to uh, uh, hypnotize us as a people to where we get so used to saying things that we don't want, you know, that just are not productive. And so he says, don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter. White lies. How many know a lie is a lie? In the eyes of God, a lie is a lie. And he says, all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. That's what God says. But in the world, it says, oh, it's a white lie because what? Who? Huh? I never heard God talk about the color of a lie. God says it's a lie. A lie is a lie. And so we're not people of error. We are people of truth. And so what we do habitually and as a... uh identifier of what we truly believe we speak the truth because we believe the truth amen so it says don't talk out of both sides of your mouth avoid careless banter white lies and oh what gossip so somebody comes to you with something about someone and most of the time that someone is not with them oh i I, y'all didn't hear me say it So somebody comes to you with something about someone and that someone is not with them. And so now they want to get you to agree with them in regards to what they're telling you about this someone. And you agree and you express some thoughts that maybe you had about that someone who was not there. So now what happened? You just got pulled into gossip. So now you have correction coming your way from God for disobedience. So what you should do, no matter who the person is, no matter what they say, what you should be saying is, uh, I believe you need to go talk to them about that. No, I just want to get, you know, I just want to get some advice because I see you as a person that I I value, um, you know, what I'm saying your opinion and, and things like that. So I just want to run this by you. OK, you value my opinion. Here's my instruction. Go talk to them. Why would you do that to keep yourself out of that place that is really going to contaminate your heart? Amen. And so and this is a warning. He says, avoid all that. Avoid all that go- gossip. Then he says, keep your eyes straight ahead. I'm always talking about focus. Stay focused. And oh, come on, church. Stop watching all this stuff. Stop getting all these people, all this side noise, all this stuff coming. And you're just drinking it in. But then you think you're going to be focused and stay on track with God? How is that possible? How is that possible for you to stay on track with God, but you're listening to everybody's news report, everybody's prophecy, everybody's stuff coming from everywhere. But you're supposed to stay on track with God? He says, keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all side show distractions. That's what these people are to me. Y'all in here. I don't watch them. I don't watch Fox. I I do watch Fox. I'll take that back. I watch football on Fox. I do. I watch football. I don't watch Fox News. I don't watch CNN. I don't watch none of them. Why? Because they're all side show distractions. But I've been commanded to keep my eyes straight ahead. I've been commanded to stay focused Why? So that my heart is guided, my heart is protected, and and it's not allowed to be contaminated. Next verse. Uh, Watch your step, and the road will stretch out smooth before you. How many of y'all want to walk on that smooth road God's got for you? 
I'm talking about, I, want, I don't want to be like going through all this stuff and, oh man, whoo, we made it out. No, I want to be on the smooth road. I want to be on the road that God cleared out. I don't want to be going through no forest trying to chop down some stuff. I want to be walking on the road that God made for me. So I've got to stay focused. Watch your step and the road before you be smooth. And then he says, look neither right. Y'all in here with me. Nor left. Leave evil in the dust. Now, why is that? Because evil's on the right. Evil's on the left. Trying to get you to take your eyes off God. That's everybody, man. It's the stuff happens. It's like it could be something catastrophic. It could be something, you know, you can hear about it, just like the things going on in Israel, stuff like that. Well, what do you do? Pray. You pray for God to move and stuff like that. But you keep your eyes on God. But don't be getting on them side. That side report, they start telling you, next thing you know, you're getting into some stuff that then got you all jacked up. And now you're like, you're starting to get scared. Like, oh, Lord, what is it? The rocket? Nobody told you to get all into that. That's you. All you needed to do with the information that you heard was, I need to pray. Lord, move. And get some word. God will give you some word in terms of praying for Israel. He'll give you something like Romans chapter 10. And, and he'll tell you to pray for Israel be, to be saved. Because they have a form of godliness, but they're not bowing to the Messiah. And so that's where God will lead you. So what you should be doing is not preparing yourself for end times. You should be praying that Israel would be saved. But you're only going to get that from the Holy Ghost. But if you look into, into these sideshow distractions, everybody's prophetic agenda, you're not going to be obedient. And guess what's going to creep into your heart? Fear. Now your core beliefs start to be affected. Amen? See, if I have faith at my very core, if fear is, has been eliminated from my heart, I won't be afraid of whatever report might come through. Amen. And so a pastor, are you saying like we we just got to be uninformed? You do. Listen. Okay, if you're let me don't answer this, but all that information, has it built your faith? I mean, I'm just saying that all the information you've gathered, are you strong? Are you walking on water now? Maybe you have maybe you've advanced to the place where you've laid hands on a dead person and they've come back to life. Have has that information you've drink, you know, drink that stuff in the gallons of information you got from all these news outlets and all that. Has that come on empowered you to do anything supernatural? If you can't tell me that that stuff has increased your faith. Then you can't argue with me with what I'm saying. Because if you step into this lane that I'm trying to get you to step into, yeah, let the world call you uninformed. I don't need information. I need faith. I don't need information. I need revelation. Because the stuff that God's going to tell me, he didn't tell the news, so they can't report on it. And so the areas of life that he's going to have us walk into so that I was supernatural. Imagine this. You ever wonder, like, how come Jesus wasn't moved by everything going around? It's like they got all these people in front of him and and they're talking about, well, we need to feed them. And Jesus is like, you feed them. (laughs) What do you mean you feed them? Can't you don't you know that all we have is two fish and five loaves? But for Jesus, he was focused on the kingdom. And so in the kingdom, there was an abundance. There was an abundant supply for any need. So there was never a shortage. There was never a need to consider. We only have two fish or, you know, two fish and five. That was never even brought up in the conversation because he was focused on the kingdom. How did Jesus stay so focused on the kingdom? How did Jesus, even when he walked up, uh, and he, he came over there and, and uh, that demoniac man came up to him and filled with legions of devils and all that. How come Jesus wasn't moved? Y'all understand that? 
And, and, and Jesus basically cast out the devils and they begged him, can we go run into them swine over there? And he let him run into the swine. But a lot of times people don't even catch the part of the sword. The man, before Jesus got there, the man was naked. He was running around naked, just hurting himself and just, ah. Jesus comes up, what's your name? Legion, there's many of us. He commanded him to come out. And then this man wants to go follow Jesus. Jesus said, don't follow me. This is in the gospels. Y'all can look that story up on your own. But he said, don't follow me. Go back and tell everybody what I did. And then they said the people that came and they saw this man, he was sitting down clothed. Well, where the clothes come from? Oh, well, Jesus must have had some helpers because one helper that he had was probably a tailor. And he came over there and just measured him out real quick and sold him up a suit. No, he pulled clothes from the same place he pulled the fish. You see what I'm saying? Just like Peter's out there fishing and said, we haven't caught nothing. And he says, put your net over there. And what are we going to do? Catch the fish in the daytime. You don't catch fish in the daytime. In the kingdom you do. But Jesus would not have been able to do any of that if he had been sidetracked by all these sideshow distractions. Amen. I, 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 might, I might offend some people by the way I preach, but I don't, you know, listen, I'm not trying to offend people on purpose. I'm trying to help people see the truth. I'm trying to help people see, look, if you just stay focused, you can live above it. I tried to share that. I, I, I tried to share that when COVID was coming. I said, hey, man, don't focus on it. You know what that was? A sideshow distraction. People start looking at it. You start looking at it and then it start, it's, it's like, uh, remember that, uh, what was that, Jungle Book? And remember that snake yeah. had them eyes, belly high? <laughs> you start looking at that stuff, it start coming your way. Come on, somebody. You start paying too much uh, attention to that economy and money going this way, going, it's going to be belly high and it's coming your way. <laughs> Amen? But if you stay focused, I'm just focused on the kingdom. So that's all I got coming to me is kingdom results. I don't have any of this worldly results. So for me, uh, COVID was not a kingdom reality to me. Uh, COVID wasn't a kingdom reality to me. So I didn't get it. Amen. Well, The enemy is always after what's in your heart because your heart is an identifier of core beliefs. Some people have Psalm 91 in their minds. But you cannot have it in your mind. It must be in your heart because out of the heart is where all the issues of life, that's where everything is flowing, right? And so if we understand that, we, we know that the heart And I'm just, I always give you guys practical application. The heart can be influenced by what you take in through your eye gate and your ear gate. The heart can be influenced by what you take in through your eye gate and your ear gate. Amen? And get this, this is unfortunate that this can't happen because I would love for it to be like, okay, God, I got it in my heart. That means I'm good. I'm fine for the rest of I'm good until I get to heaven. Because how many of y'all, don't raise your hand, but there are people that once believed one way and they don't believe that way no more. You know why? Their core belief got changed. How did their core belief get changed? Life experience. And then they started paying attention to all these other things that change their core belief. And so the heart can be influenced by what is taken in through your eye gate and your ear gate. And core beliefs can be changed. Amen? So you got you to protect it. You got to say, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not going to allow my core beliefs to change. And so now, once again, what is falling out of the heart? That's the real stuff. And that's the identifier of what you truly believe. Amen. 
And so go to Matthew now, Matthew 12, 34 through 37. We'll go King James and then we'll look at the message. It says, oh, Jesus is speaking harshly to these people, but he's basically letting them know, oh, generation of vipers, how can you being evil? So he's letting them know who they are. So don't expect to bear some different type of fruit. And that's the problem is people think that they could be a certain way and then bear a, uh, a certain kind of fruit when they want to bear it. The true you is always going to come out. The real you is always going to be exposed. So you might as well make identify. Let your, how about some, some of y'all need to introduce yourself to you. Hello. This is me. At least you know what you're working with. Huh? I never understood that. I never understood how people could be so fake. Because when I wasn't saved, I, I wasn't trying to act saved. I wasn't that, I was not that guy. I was polite. I mean, I was, you know, I had, my mom taught me manners and stuff. But So I knew how to act, you know, in certain places. But I wasn't, you know, trying to appear to be some perfect person. And I really had a problem. Like if I had a problem with somebody, I could not let it go. I had to let them know. See, I didn't I didn't believe in this whole thing like so and so said this about you and all that. Like if I had something against you, guess who I'm calling? I'm going to talk to you. Amen. Well, if that's who you are, then that's going to dictate your behavior. Well, the problem we've run into in church. Hey, don't, don't you know that if. The world wanted you to be the real you. What do you think God wants you to do? Will the real you stand up? And that's what you want. You don't want God to be like, I wonder which version I'm going to get today. You need to be real with God. Now, Jesus is letting them know, like, listen, you're not going to be able to flip your speech on me. And act a certain way, because I know who you are, he says. Oh, generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? See that? How can you being evil even speak good things? He says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's always a connection, core belief and words. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. And then he says, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words, what? Thou shalt be justified. And by thy words, what? Thou shalt be condemned. So it didn't say by what church I go to or by my position that I hold in the church. You know, well, I'm a deacon and God ain't going to pull up no deacon thing and say you okay. In fact, the more you do for God, the more you will be held accountable because he wants you to be truly committed. Let's look at this in the message. So verse 34, he says, this is Jesus, and he, boy, some people, did, they don't know how Jesus, you know, some people think that Pastor Troy's aggressive. Man, I'm nothing compared to Jesus. Amen. Some people think Jesus was this nice, you know, the like baby in the manger, and oh, it's, you know, it's Easter, and uh, Jesus was, whoo, man. He told some people, like, man, you lying like your daddy. The, your daddy's the father of all lies and you acting just like him. What? That's a radical Jesus. Now, now Jesus ain't just speaking. He's speaking to some people. He said, you have minds like a snake pit. <laughs> Dang, that's not very loving. Well, lo- true love is going to lean on the truth. 
If you don't lead them, that's like you. You say you love your kids. If you don't tell them the truth, you don't love them. You really don't care about them that much. You care about yourself. You care about pleasing your own emotions and stuff like that. You're not protecting them. You're only protecting you. And so the truth is always the best way, the best thing we can do and stand on. He says, you have minds like a snake pit. How do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you are so foul-minded? It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. Did y'all catch that? It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. That's powerful. Oh, man, I, I shouldn't have said that. You're right. You sure shouldn't have, but you did. So don't just apologize for it. You need to get some deliverance going on in your life. Amen? So it's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person? Listen, if it's a good heart, good person, you can't catch me slipping. Are y'all in here with me? Come on. How many of y'all want to live like that where you can't be caught slipping? You just, you just anywhere, somebody can show up on you like, man, I didn't expect to see them right now, but I saw them. But guess what they're going to see? The same me. They're going to see the same Pastor Troy that they see at the pulpit. That's the same one you're going to see at the car wash. Come on, that's the same one you're going to see in the grocery store. That's the same one you're going to see at the park. That's it. Ain't no different one because if it's a different one, then my heart hadn't been changed. My core beliefs have not been established. And so now I'm vacillating all over the place. So that's how you got all this stuff coming out. Oh, so-and-so. Got caught in a scandal. How many know you would have never got caught in a scandal if scandal wasn't in your heart? If your heart was converted, scandal wouldn't have been able to get near you. Amen? Then you got these pastors getting caught up and stuff, and then they come up crying before the congregation asking for forgiveness. You know what that congregation should say? We forgive you, but you're going to have to get up off that pulpit. Uh, we forgive you, but uh, we're not going to be coming back to this church. Huh? You can't be following people that are not true with God. Right. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person is a blight on an orchard, and that's causing it to die. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Y'all see that? Amen? That's serious stuff. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. What are we talking about? Words. But where do words come from? They don't come from the mind. See, even if you advance in your life where you learn how to behave a little better and you wanted to say it, but you don't say it. So I was about to, okay. Oh, but why was you about to? Because it's in your heart. Now your mind told you, you better not say that. That's progress, but that ain't what I want for you. I want y'all in another level. I don't, want, I don't even want it to be in there at all. If it ain't there at all, it can never come out. Amen. Brother, you need to roll on? Okay. Um, can one of you guys work this camera for me? God bless you, man. Praise the Lord. Um, so words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. And so now, um, if we look at this, he says, words are powerful. Take them seriously. So man, I tell you, I'm going to pay attention to this because these words are going to have a tremendous effect on my life. Now, words are a heart issue more than a mind issue. Words are a heart issue more so than a mind issue. So in order for us to speak miraculous things, that's what the title of this message is, Speak Miraculous Things. Well, in order for us to speak miraculous things, we must believe in the miraculous on a heart level. So let me just help you with this. In order for me to speak miracles, what did Jesus do? I gave you those examples that came from the gospel. He was just speaking miracles. You know why he was just doing that? Because he believed in the miraculous on a heart level. 
Well, what if you believed in the miraculous on the heart level? What would you be doing? You'd be speaking the miraculous. You'd be speaking miraculous things. If somebody came to you and said they had a sickness, then you'd be speaking and really believe by, I'm in the name of Jesus. I cast that out. I'll call you healed because that's what you believe. You would never even have a contemplation in your mind of healing not coming forth because you believe in it. If somebody came to you with a financial need and you said, God's going to meet that need. God's going to provide for you. I speak it in the creator. I'm pulling down heavenly resources. Then if you believe in that miraculous on at a heart level, you'll never think about it not happening. I've prayed for people and then I don't think about it no more. Because when I prayed, I believed it. See, if if I pray for somebody and then I'm running it back over and over again, I'm trying to convince myself. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to change my own core belief. But if it's a core belief, I can lay hands on you and pray and speak healing and I'm good. Now, there is intercessory prayer and we, we need some uh, prayer warriors to, you know, pray some things through. And that's good. And, and we got that. But I'm talking about. When I lay hands and when I pray, I'm releasing an anointing. I'm not thinking about that no more. Y'all in here with me. I'm not going home talking about God. I sure hope you. I sure hope you, you know. Huh? I don't. I don't. For me, when I do that, I expect a good report. I expect somebody to call me. Uh, and Brother Garrett already left, but he has something he was dealing with. He came because I didn't call altar call last week or something, but he came to my office and passed. I need you to pray over me because I got this. I said, OK, bam, bam. In my mind, I forgot all about it. But then when I saw him the next time I saw him. Hey, oh, how you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm good, man. That thing is gone. It's healed. And I, well, that, I'm just saying. What did this stuff start happening? When it's a core belief. So some of y'all believe that if you believe that your pastor is anointed and that I'm connected to God. And then if I have and if I say something, then it's true. It's coming from heaven that is going to manifest in your life. Well, if it ain't a core belief for you, I'll say it. You'll feel good. I've had people be healed in the building and catch it back on them in the car. Didn't feel, you was fine. Didn't feel nothing while you was up in here. Woo, glory to God. I feel like something happened. It did. You get back, get up in that car. You get in your own environment. Now your core beliefs start affecting you. See, in here you was trying to jump into that faith and I want to have faith because it's an atmosphere of faith. I know I got enough faith in me to dominate all of y'all. You come up here, you're going to be dominated by my faith. You, there's nothing you can do about it. But when you leave here, you get back to the house. Now it's a core belief issue. Hmm? Some of y'all gave you a word of knowledge and I told you some stuff that you didn't tell me. You say, oh, huh. how did the pastor know that? The Holy Ghost. But what you're supposed to do is take it now, every now and then, I'll be given some strict instructions. I say, do this. Stop doing that. Whatever. You need to take it and do it. Now, believe me, I am not trying to spend my time figuring out what to tell you. So if I tell you something, isn't God and overrode me? Because the way I normally operate within just my own character Uh, They're going to have to figure it out. I'm going to figure out mine and they're going to figure out theirs. That's the way I would be. But then every now and then God will give me them detailed, you know, some of y'all talk to me and you you call me or some, you're bold enough, you know what I'm saying? And you call me and then you start telling some of y'all, you ain't bold enough. You don't want to, you don't want that. uh, Y'all don't want that smoke right there. You're like, nah, be good, man. Let me call, let me call so-and-so. But some of you call me and I'll listen. And I just listen. And then there'll come a time where I start instructing. And what you do with it, it's going to be on you. Amen. 
And everything that I say has nothing to do with my own opinion. Because if it were my own opinion, I would not talk to you. Pastor, you're mean. Well, <laughs> call it what you may. But for me, I'm like, man, I got enough. I got my own stuff, man. You get your stuff together. But I will be obedient to God. But just understand, anytime I engage like that, it's all spirit led. There is no natural at all in it anywhere. It's all because I don't have that. As a natural, like I don't have a natural way or a natural like patience, but I have a Holy Ghost patience and I have a Holy Ghost. Some of y'all been in counseling with me and you say, oh, man, it's just the Holy Ghost because I would not be that patient guy because I see through stuff so fast. The old me, I remember I used to be a sales manager and one of my friends came to work with me and he was just, he, he was making jokes about me. He was like seeing people coming to my office and he's like, man, they come in and you'd be like, papa, <laughs> shooting them down. <laughs> well, I had no patience for all the excuses, all the reasons for failure. I was chopping them down. Now, I'm not like that in the counseling, but I'm telling you, I would be. If it were not for a takeover. And so it's a spirit led any words that I give you. So now, but it's going to be up to your core beliefs. If you really believe that Pastor Troy hears from God like that. And so he only told me to do this because God told him if your core belief is such that, well, he's just a man just like me. Well, then don't even ask me because your core beliefs say you're good. So let's, you be good, I'll be good. Let's praise God together. It's a core. You, you see what I'm saying? And so what we want to be is we want to lock into that place where, man, our core beliefs are what is dictating our words. And so, as I mentioned, words are a heart issue more than a mind issue. And so in order for us to speak those miraculous things, we got to believe in our hearts. So if you want to speak healing, you got to believe it. If you want to speak miracle finances, you got to believe it. Not in the mind, you got to believe it on a heart level. And Ephesians, go to Ephesians 1, uh, 18. I'm going to close in a minute because I want to pray over you. Ephesians 1, 18, NLT. This is uh, Paul's prayer. He said, I pray that your hearts would be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those Uh, He called his holy people and who are his rich inheritance. And so hearts flooded with light. This means when your heart is flooded with light, doubt and skepticism will be washed out. Y'all in here with me. Doubt and skepticism will be washed, washed out. You won't see life through limitations, restrictions, conditions, etc. How many of y'all been there? You're guilty of that. You see your life. And, and you see what you're facing, but you see it through the lens of Pastor D touched on it. It's like your experience. That's why God says, trust not in your own understanding, you know, because there's experiences, things that have happened in your life. And so now you see this a certain way. Well, you're not supposed to look at it like that. You need your heart flooded with light. And so you could see it through the eyes of faith and you can see the possibilities of God. And so Ephesians 1:19. let's look at that real quick. NLT. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. Y'all see that? The incredible greatness of God's power for us who believed. The same mighty power. So he's going to go and we can stop right there, but he's going to go ahead and say that's the same power to raise Jesus up from the dead. You got access to resurrection power. You have access to this great power that comes from God. And so you have access to see Greater things manifest the greatness of his power for us who believe. Now, you will begin uh, to believe in supernatural things on a heart level. Okay, let me see this. So now, if, if this is revealed to you, so if the greatness of his power is revealed to me, then guess what? I'm going to start to believe in supernatural things. Let me know the more you're around God, the more you experience God, you're going to start believing in supernatural things. And when you start believing uh, in supernatural things on a heart level, 
How many of y'all believe in healing on the heart level? How many of y'all believe in prosperity on the heart level? How many of y'all believe in breakthrough on the heart level? Amen. I'm talking about in your heart, regardless of what you see out there, you believe in your heart that God is able. And so when you believe on a heart level, then now you'll start to speak miraculous things on the norm. How many of y'all want to be walking around speaking miraculous things on the, oh, I'm not at the right place. I'm talking about you're walking around speaking miraculous things on the normal. I mean, this is a norm for you to speak miraculous things. How many of y'all want to be in a place where you could speak miraculous things even over your own body? How many know you can, if God said you could lay hands on the sick, how many know you could lay hands on yourself? How many of you believe that you could lay hands on your body and say, be made whole and move on and then expect, and one day you say, oh, I don't feel that no more. You know why you don't feel it? Because on a heart level, you believed in miraculous things. And so out of the abundance of the heart, see, when you start to believe like this, then your first thing instead of ouch will be I'm healed. Oh, y'all, you didn't, none of y'all caught that. You start getting on this level that I'm talking about, your first word that comes out won't be, ooh, Huh? Come on, y'all know. You ever heard them sighs that people make? People make sighs. They sit down and, uh, what's all that? That ain't even a word. <laughs> but what if it was natural to you? And you sat down and you felt something, but your reaction, because your core belief is solid, and so your core belief says, by his stripes I'm healed. Huh? Blood of Jesus has made me whole. Come on. Come on. What if that was your, you're speaking miraculous things and, and you're looking at a financial deficit and, and all of a sudden because your core belief has changed and you speak miraculous things on the norm and you start talking about this will be paid off by Friday. Amen. Come on, man. This is where we're going. This is where we're heading as a people. But it's got to be our core belief. Now, your core belief gets set up through what you experience. But some of y'all, you got to just say, you know what? I'm ready for this core, the center of me to be changed. I want my normal to be miraculous. I want my normal to be kingdom only. I want my normal to know. So you could speak something and not hope for it. I mean, no, you can go on a trip and get on a plane and speak and decree, this plane's going to fly smoothly. We're going to land safely. I'm going to have a safe time, an enjoyable time, and I'm going to make it back safely with no delays, difficulties, problems, or anything in Jesus' name. And then get on the plane and knock out. And wake up and not even know that there was a time of turbulence. Oh, really? I didn't feel that. Amen? Speak miraculous things. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you today. We love you first and foremost for who we are and who you are. We only recognize that we've been changed by your power. I'm praying right now, first and foremost, for those who do not know Jesus as Lord. Maybe you're out there. Maybe you're watching this. Listen, your first step to all of this. Surrender. This is not about Jesus coming along and just going with you in your life. This is about Jesus coming and taking over because you simply invited him in. And I'm telling you, no matter the state you may be in now, no matter how bad you feel, good you feel, whatever, he will come and I'm telling you, he's going to bring his power And it's going to bring transformation into your life. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord right there, amen.